Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series. I'm Jeff Johnson. Everybody in IT is talking about virtualization, and many companies have tried. But still many more are hesitant to start, because it seems really difficult to do. Well, today we're going to get some straight talk. Virtualization isn't just about lowering capital expense. It's also about operating more efficiently, too. I want to welcome Paul Prince, Director of Core Architecture and Technologies in the office of the CTO at Dell. One of the areas that Paul and his team are focusing on is virtualization. Welcome, Paul. Thanks. Good to be here. First, let's do a little level setting. Give us a broad overview of virtualization. Virtualization technology, in some sense, is not new. I mean, it's been around the computer industry for a number of decades. It's really kind of hit mainstream in the last several years where people are taking advantage of the capability to put what's called a virtual machine. And by virtual machine, this is the combination of an operating system and the applications that the user is interested in. So the capability to put a virtual machine on top of a physical machine, and you can actually, the the beauty of the, the technology is you can actually put more than one virtual machine onto a single physical machine. And so that allows uh, for benefits of efficiency, and it also allows for benefits of backward compatibility and supporting of legacy applications and lots of goodness to the technology. What it sounds like you're saying is what most people believe, that virtualization is really a consolidation play. Are you seeing that, or are you seeing other kinds of applications? It's a great question, because a year or even 18 months ago, when we talked to customers, They were almost always talking about consolidation. In their mind, the benefit of virtualization was they didn't have to buy as many servers because they were able to consolidate multiple applications onto a single physical server. So it's really about reducing their cost of acquisition, cost of capital. There have been a couple of other usage models that people have historically used. Test and development is one that's talked about a lot, where since you're doing software development, you're likely to crash the machine on a regular basis. If you put it in a virtual machine, the side effects of other applications are, are not affected. So it's, it's a little friendlier for that. And then the third one is legacy support. So you know, if I want to w- run my application that only runs on an extremely old version of Unix or Linux, or Microsoft, then I can stick that in a virtual machine. I can actually move forward in the hardware platform changes within the industry without having to rewrite my application. That's kind of where people have been, but what we're seeing more today as we talk to customers is those who have kind of crossed the barrier to entry to do virtualization are finding out that, hey, you know, this is better than I expected because there's some other side benefits. And the side benefits fall into the category of better operational efficiency uh, in, in general. So are you talking about some real innovative uses for virtualization, things that are other than test dev and consolidation? To a certain extent, I think some people have kind of just stumbled upon them, to be honest, and then in other cases it's been more a thought-out process, and the stumbled-upon category is really generally in the area of easier deployment. I've heard several customers say, you know, in, a, in the old world, One of my, uh, so this is an IT guy talking, one of my customers would come to me and say, I need a new server to come online for my line of business. And his response back to his customer would be, okay, there's a three to four week or six week lead time to get that in place. And this same customer to me would say, now that I'm using virtualization, I'm able to say to that business person, that's cool, I'll be able to have it online for you in three to four hours. And they never know that they they didn't get a separate server. That's right. The end customer really doesn't see a difference in their level of service. 
service. So that, that's why the IT guys love this technology because they can turn around service and capability for their business purposes very rapidly. So that, that's one category of things that are different. It's just so much easier to deploy, so much uh, more rapid deployment. The other category, and this is one that falls into that people had to think about it to really take advantage of this, is more in the space of business continuity, high availability. As you see that it's easy to encapsulate your application into a virtual machine, it's just, and this ties back to deployment, it's, it's easy to move it from one machine to another, and you can easily see that if you've got that infrastructure in place to move virtual machines around, then any kind of overload situation or a business disaster kind of scenario where your data center crashes or one machine crashes, it's much easier to recover from that. So I think uh, both operational efficiency, ease of deployment, and disaster recovery, business continuity, those are, are kind of the leading edge applications that we're seeing at this point. Okay, you mentioned that uh, some people are finding it difficult to really get started with virtualization or to really even be innovative. So what are the barriers that you're finding? There's two barriers that prevent people, uh, two classes of barriers that prevent people from implementing virtualization. One is complexity, and to a certain extent, it's fear of the unknown. It's a different way of doing things, different way of deployment. And so people have to get used to a different way of deploying a server. There may be some different tools in their infrastructure that they have to put in place. How they manage servers may be a slightly different tool set. It's really about revising your processes to Well, take is the complexity also in the, the equipment, the infrastructure itself? The equipment is pretty much the same, frankly. I mean, there's not a lot of difference. People are finding that as they deploy virtualization on their servers, they tend to want to have a, a richer configuration. So to a certain extent, you know, maybe if I'm doing a virtualization environment, I'll want to put more memory than I might otherwise have done. But it's the same underlying, uh, underlying hardware. It's not dramatically different. But the management tools is definitely an issue. And then what's the second issue? The second issue is around performance. And what we see is there are certain applications where the native raw hardware performance, if you will, is important enough to the customer that they're not willing to accept the performance degradation of a virtualization environment. Our marketing team did some assessment and went out and said of the overall server use models in the market today, what's our estimate of how many of those could be virtualized? And our estimates are that about 40% of server use models could be virtualized, performance that the customer would see would still be acceptable. What's interesting is that the attach rate that we're seeing of virtualization software onto our systems, which is consistent with the, the overall industry data if you look at IDC, is in the single-digit percentages, uh, not up anywhere near this 40%. So that talks to this barrier of complexity as really holding back a significant portion of the market. So the obvious question is, how do vendors like Dell and the companies that supply Dell going to take the marketplace from single digits to 40%? The most important thing, and this is the message that we have been pushing hard with vendors and partners, is that the infrastructure that customers have for managing their servers cannot be changed as they go to a virtualization environment. So my favorite management tool, my favorite deployment tool has got to have the same basic use model, same basic paradigm, whether I'm deploying physical servers or virtual servers. And I think that we're starting to see some uh, that, that catching on with, with some of the vendors. It's a hard problem to solve, 
but I think the vendors are, are getting the message, uh, and so there's some innovative work in that area going on. How is the marketplace going to get from 40%, which is the potential, to something higher? If you hear uh, messages from various vendors in the marketplace about, you know, uh, whether it's software vendors like uh, Microsoft or VMware or it's hardware vendors like Intel or AMD, they all have pieces of their technology that they like to talk about. And, in fact, those technology pieces are specifically trying to solve some of these issues. How do I make performance to, to an I.O. device more like native? How do I make the penalty a memory miss or a page table miss, uh, less less painful. So all of those things are goodness, and what we've been doing at Dell is working closely with these vendors to ensure that the technologies they're developing are aligned with the most important problems so that we're solving the biggest bottlenecks first. What specifically is Dell focusing on? There's several things. One is, as I already said, we are working hard to ensure that our management tools, whether developed internally or third-party vendors that we work closely with, provide a consistent view to customers of virtual and physical management. That's a very important one. So, Paul, high availability and business continuity seem to be excellent applications for virtualization. I'm wondering what the pieces of technology are that people need to know about in order to take advantage of this. The basic technology underlying this is usually referred to as migration of virtual machines. So the capability to to basically pick up one virtual machine while it's running and move it onto another physical server, another another environment, uh, just has all kinds of implications for capability and, and use models. And this migration capability of VMs is in the software uh, base today of virtualization. Uh, unfortunately, there are some limitations around it, and what we see in limitations are, for example, virtual machines can only migrate between platforms if those platforms are basically identical platforms, uh, same CPU stepping and family, the same you know underlying software. So it's powerful but has some pretty strong limitations. And so at Dell, we've been focusing very closely with the vendor base to come up with ideas that eliminate some of these barriers between migration, migration between platforms because as we talk to customers, that has become one of the top issues for deployment of uh, virtualization into some of these new new usage models that have the real powerful operational efficiency kind of metrics behind them. Paul, I'm a big believer in the marketplace voting with their feet. Uh, I know that you talk to a lot of customers and you see what they select, and there are obviously a lot that have selected virtualization and doing good things. What platforms are they choosing and why? It's a good question. There's there's actually a perception that the preferred platform for virtualization or consolidation, which, which people often equate to virtualization, is the biggest platform you can get, basically. So people perceive that a four-socket platform with lots of I.O. and lots of memories is probably the best platform out there. And we see pretty good uh, virtualization attach rate onto those platforms. But frankly, Dell's customers and the industry in general are putting a lot of virtualization software onto two-socket platforms, more more mainstream, more uh, cost-effective platforms. And 
the trend that I see, so, so the current customer trend is, is both two-socket and four-socket with a strong mix to two-socket. The trend that I see looking forward in technology is as we get things like uh, multi-core growing, you know, dual-core has been out there, four-core is out there today. Anybody that can do basic math can predict that, you know, <laughs> probably some the number is going to get bigger. So the capability of two-socket system is growing very rapidly in terms of performance. We add uh, multi-core trends to large memory trends to the capability to have very high-performance I.O. in some of these two-socket platforms. I would say, and the Dell position is, that this is very much aligned with our scalable enterprise view of the world, that the two-socket platform will just continue to grow as, as the preferred delivery vehicle for virtualization systems in the industry. This has been great information, Paul, but it sounds really complex to me. If I was starting a virtualization project or if one of our listeners was starting What's the advice or guidance that you can provide for those who are just starting? I would say, more than anything, don't be afraid of the unknown. Uh, you know, Dell's message to our customers is we're really trying to simplify IT. That's in contrast to some of our competitors who really it's in their best interest to make it look and sound complex. Virtualization is really not that hard. Many people are doing it. There is some barrier to entry, so it takes a little bit of learning, a little bit of deployment, and Dell has uh, capability through services and products that we sell to, to help you through that barrier, but the benefits of actually doing it are huge, and people that have done it are realizing more benefit actually than they expected going into it. Thanks, Paul, and I know that there are a lot of resources that you and your team have provided. First of all, there's a virtualization readiness assessment and virtualization solution descriptions online at Dell.com. Also, be sure to check out Power Solutions magazine at Dell.com slash Power Solutions. There's an entire issue dedicated to virtualization. And, of course, you can go to Dell's Tech Center, that's Dell.com slash Tech Center, and find white papers, including one that compares Dell's two-socket virtualization solution versus HP's four-socket virtualization solution. And listen again next time for another edition of Data Center of the Future podcast series. Music.